0: It's Tuesday, November 3rd, and this is the Drink 5 Fantasy Football Podcast on the Drink 5 Network. Tonight we're going to talk about the Week 8 Casualty Report and the Week 9 Preview, joined by our buddy Mike Moserino. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm just
1: looking for something to open this beer with. I I suppose that's a
0: necessary Mm -hmm. tool, huh? Yeah. Uh, Nice open. All right, guys. Well, it is the Drink Five Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm joined, as always, by my buddy uh, Dave. And tonight we've got our guest, uh, Mike Moserino. Mike, you've been on the show a few times before. Say hi to everybody.
2: Hey, everyone. Uh, yeah, I think it's uh, my third or fourth time on with you guys. Now it's always uh, always a good time. So thanks very again. good.
0: Uh, well, Mike, you're in our um, our Drink Five Fantasy League, and you write the occasional player profile. Uh, so you're on to just sort of contribute your fantasy expertise to the conversation. We're glad to have you here. Thank you.
2: Looking forward to it.
0: Okay, um, so you know tonight we're going to go over some of the uh, many, many injuries from last week. Week 8 was particularly horrific as far as that goes. And then uh, talk about some waiver pickups, make some more bets, and uh, talk about what's going to happen this upcoming week. So Dave, I gotta know, what is it that you're furiously pouring over there? What are we about to be drinking? Uh,
1: this was brewed and bottled by the good folks at Wiseacre Brewing Company in Memphis, Tennessee. It is the Tennessee Common Ale. So they, they describe it as a tart common lager brewed with Hannah Farm grits, Shotwell candy sugar, and the tag team effort of off-color brewing. So hmm. it's a combo uh, brewed lager from a little microbrewery in Memphis.
0: All right, cool. Well, uh, pass it on over. Fine. I like when I get a different glass back. <laughs> so I have to admit, um, I, I didn't hear a word you said about the beer. What? What? Just what style is it again? It's a
1: it's a lager beer. A lager, okay. And uh, it's a it's a good way to start off tonight, especially if we're gonna move into a little bit more high gravity stuff. And so we'll, we'll chat about those beers when we end up opening them.
0: Are we going to drink light to dark as uh, most places present them to you?
1: It makes sense. It's like if you go to a wine tasting and you try to start off with bold red wines and then finish with a Riesling, you're doing it wrong, you know.
0: I know some of the words that you said. <laughs> All right, uh, let's, let's uh, take this little shot here, buddy. And we can kind of uh, drink one for the dead, for the... Uh, Players whose season is over, right? That's that's pretty Reggie hard. Reggie Bush core. and Le'Veon Bell and Steve Smith. Well, if you want
1: to uh, start talking about the the injuries out there, then let's uh, let's find a good place to start. I'll leave it up to you.
0: <laughs> well, uh, we usually start with quarterbacks, so let's start there before diving into like the worst of the worst, right? So Ryan Fitzpatrick hurt his thumb, his non-throwing hand thumb. Uh, They've said that he doesn't need surgery right now, I suppose, but he will need surgery at a certain point. Um, Geno Smith played uh, the rest of the game for him, and he put up numbers, but he didn't look good at all. Um, I think that if Fitzpatrick at all can play, that they're going to go with him for sure. Um, So they're playing the Jaguars this week. We won't know who's going to start there until a little bit later in the week. Um, but I would not start Geno Smith if he winds up starting. Just uh, kind of the open the show with a no-brainer, right?
1: Where is I mean, you, you would start Fitzpatrick. I mean, we had Fitzpatrick, for example, on our waiver wire picks this previous week and some of the ones before that doing really well in this offense with Chris Ivory, Brandon Marshall, and Eric Decker. And uh, the Jets have been a little surprising. Uh, I know we, in the preseason, initially discussed how they could definitely outperform their expectations. And it seems like they are doing that, although they have lost a couple games uh, recently, if I remember correctly, maybe that they could have won. And of course, with Geno Smith uh, under center, you're probably not giving yourself the best chance to win there either.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's not giving anyone a good chance to win. Except for the opponent, I suppose, right? All right, so uh, Josh McCown's been hurt two weeks in a row now. He hurt his soldier week's shoulder week seven. He hurt his ribs week eight. He's definitely not going to be playing, it seems, on Thursday night against Cincinnati. Uh, that leaves the door open for Johnny Manziel to start right now. Uh, Johnny Manziel took all the reps at practice today, so you know, he's going to be the guy this week. If McCown, When McCown comes back, I think that he'll probably be a low-end QB1, high-end QB2 starter still.
1: So uh, again, we talked about McCown earlier in the air, and he was throwing for a while, uh, like 45 pass attempts per game, getting 350 yards and multiple touchdowns. So he has looked good, even with the limited uh, options that they have there at wide receiver and their kind of uh, uh, roulette at running back. Um, If Manziel takes over, so what does that mean for the offense? Do you start guys like Gary Barnage and Travis Benjamin still, or are those guys going to be kind of uh, uh, out of bounds for normal leagues?
2: Uh, I almost feel like Travis Benjamin isn't going to take too much of a hit with Johnny Manziel. I mean, he likes to uh, throw the deep ball, and that's Travis's uh, specialty over there. Uh, however, Barnage, uh, you know, his his targets uh probably going to go down. At least, you know, that's what I'm expecting. It's going to be an interesting week. I probably wouldn't throw him in there. Let's see what he does with Manziel first. And, you know, we know McCown's coming back at some point.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, does that mean that you would maybe sit Barnage this week just because you're expecting a, a big hit in performance? So if you have another tight end, like say you had Delaney Walker or you had uh, uh, Heath Miller, I don't know, who's another guy who's like maybe like a 11 through 15 tight end that you would consider starting over Barnage? Or do you just kind of toss him in because he has been doing so well, he's just a part of the, the scheme at this point?
2: At that point, I'd, I'd rather play Heath Miller than Barnage. Than Barn- uh, wow. You know, with Le'Veon Bell down, uh, look at the numbers when D'Angelo Williams was uh, the starter of the first two weeks. Heath Miller, Ben Roethlisberger is getting a lot of targets. Kind of, you know, what we've seen last week. I wouldn't expect what did we? What did he have? Nine catches or?
0: Uh, Heath Miller did have ten catches last week. So ten catches. So. I definitely agree that uh, Travis Benjamin won't see that much of a hit. Now he he won't see as many targets. I don't think. But when Manziel plays, he still winds up getting those deep balls. So <clears throat> I think that he'll probably still have some fantasy relevance here. He'll still be starter as a starter as at least a WR3. Um, Barnage, we have ranked six this week. Uh, I think his ECR was 5. I still think you start him because they have found a way to use him in the offense. And like the offensive coordinator is going to explain to Manziel how to find the tight end and how to use him. Um, but I, I do agree that he's going to take a hit in terms of targets. I still think you start him. But if you are looking for an alternative, the only one that I would look at would maybe be like Ben Watson, who's still available in some leagues. Um, So if he's available, I would go ahead and start him because he seems like he's the real deal down in New Orleans. Uh, Currently in Yahoo! Leagues, he's only 53% owned.
1: Yeah, you've got some other flyers like uh, Safarian Jenkins, who came out of the box really strong but then got injured. And then Vernon Davis, who nobody owns, who just got traded to the Broncos. Those guys, in order to play someone who just got off injury for the majority of the season, or play somebody who just got traded to a new team, a new team with a new system, uh, over an established tight end like Barnage that's been doing really well, I, I do think that's pretty tough. So, uh, so I'm with you. Although I don't think Watson's going to put up those kind of numbers because I don't think Breeze is going to throw seven touchdowns every game. That's just uh, <laughs> that's not really. Well, he had good
0: numbers in other weeks where he, you know, Breeze wasn't going
1: nuts. He has been doing well. It's it's kind of. Um, there have been a few tight ends that are up there in years and haven't done a whole lot in their careers that are really standing out this year. Which... Just like Gary Barnage, yeah. And Ben Watson. Exactly. Your examples, exactly.
0: Okay, uh, so on to the running backs. So uh, Le'Veon Bell is on the IR now. He tore his MCL when, um, I forget who it was uh, on Cincinnati, he basically just fell on his leg the wrong way with all of his weight. Bent the knee the wrong way. Uh torn MCL, they have verified that the ACL is okay. So the rehab shouldn't be too terrible. Um, he'll be back in plenty of time for all the training camp activities next year.
1: Yeah, in fact, I'm not even sure that he has to have surgery because the MCL generally is like a rest it for a long time kind of thing. Uh, I don't know if I saw if he did or not. Did you see anything about that, Mike? I'm sorry? Did you see anything about him having to actually have surgery on the MCL?
2: No, I really haven't uh, read anything. I mean, I've been... Kind of devastated with that. I know he's out. You've uh, been crying in your right. Yeah, room. I've been, I've been crying. I don't have him in any leagues, but as a Steelers fan, it's, it's tough. But we'll move on with uh, D'Angelo, <laughs> who I'm sure we're about to get to.
1: It is tough, but there's a lot of yeah. teams out there that uh, you know that don't have a backup like that. So
0: yeah, and D'Angelo Williams did play the first two games of this season. He looked great. Um, so it stands to reason that he'll be just fine, uh, slotting back in for Le'Veon Bell. Um, I think that D'Angelo Williams is going to be clearly the biggest waiver pickup of the week. Although when I was looking at the adding trends on Yahoo, uh, it was ten- it tended to be Jeremy Langford higher. So I don't know if D'Angelo Williams is just owned in more leagues, uh, if that's the reason why he's not being added at such the same rate.
1: Yeah, if you look at the stats, like D'Angelo Williams has scored a bunch of points already, scored a lot of touchdowns. Yeah. And uh, Langford has not had as many opportunities. So that's probably got something to do with it. Uh, and, of course, when we're talking about those, those stats as far as ads or drops for, for right now, being Tuesday before the waiver wires go through in most leagues, those are leagues that have their waivers open. So they're definitely indicative of trends, but not necessarily indicative of your league and my league, you know, our leagues. Because right. in, in very general terms, most uh, everyone's leagues, the average league, has waiver wires and not just an open... Uh, free for all.
0: So that being said, is D'Angelo Williams the number one pickup on your guys' radar this week? I yes. think that's clear that he may yeah. even be yeah. the pickup of the year mm-hmm.
1: uh, if he does better than Devontae Freeman because Devontae Freeman has started to trend down a little bit.
0: Yeah, spend all of your uh, waiver wire cash this week uh, if, if I you're had in a bidding
1: league. If I had a hundred bucks in a budget, I would probably spend a hundred bucks on DeAngelo Williams who I think we all agree will be a top 10 running back this year.
0: Yep. Yeah, makes sense. Okay, so uh, here in Chicago, Matt Forte wound up exiting the game against the Vikings. So he hurt his MCL. Uh, the Bears aren't super clear on what it is, but it sounds like a sprain. Could be. It reminds me of the Jay Cutler injury from uh, a couple years ago. I
1: think the Bears are clear on what it is.
0: The Bears know what it is. They're not letting us know. That's they're, they're not telling us anything. <laughs> so... I, I expect, I think we, we came to this conclusion earlier. We can expect probably one to four, maybe two to four weeks off yeah. for Matt Forte.
1: That would be uh, like a grade two uh, sprain at worst. Um, and we're assuming it's not a grade three because uh, there would be a little bit more hubbub about it.
0: Sure. That would be more, much closer to what Le'Veon Bell has, which has him getting shut down for the year. Now, maybe because they don't have Matt Forte next year, they're going to hope that they could get him back a little bit at the end of the year. I I don't know. Um, but I, I do expect to see Matt Forte back maybe by the end of November, maybe the very beginning of December.
1: Yeah, I mean, at this point, the Bears could still get a wild card spot, so they're still playing to make the playoffs.
0: Sure, absolutely. Uh, so Jeremy Langford is the guy who can... <laughs> I think that's a little funny, too. I know, I agree. <laughs>
1: no, it's not... It's not humorous. It's funny, haha. It's uh...
0: <laughs> Hey, man. Jeremy Langford's going to lead them places. Uh, we'll see.
2: It could happen.
0: You'll see. He'll be he'll be the the next uh, running back phenom. He's
2: a, a great waiver ad this week too. I mean, if I'm number two and I know the first guy's going to take D'Angelo, I'm putting in a bid for Langford.
1: So everyone was kind of high on Kadim Carey before we were talking about Dynasty or Deep Leagues, and he was the guy who was backing up Forte, uh, and then Jeremy Langford came in and seems to be the guy who's going to take over all the carries in their backfield. But remember, they have a stable of running backs, so I, I do agree with you, as long as Forte is out, they're going to give the majority of the, of the touches to Langford, right. and that offense is actually pretty good. It's, uh, it's been doing things, been moving the ball, it's been scoring they points. They have
0: Alshon Jeffrey back. Yeah, uh, Jay Cutler is healthy again, so yeah, they can do things uh, on offense. We'll see what happens with Langford. I think that he can be all right, not great. I don't expect him to get the same amount of work that Matt Forte was getting, like nowhere close to that.
1: No, but he's and they weren't even using Forte that much leading up to it either. But I mean,
2: a lot of Forte's value was uh, in the receiving game. Sure. I mean, and then uh, Langford had that big had drop. A big at drop the end. one drop, yeah. I think he had a couple more, but that was that was a big one at the end. Yes,
0: if he can't catch the ball Mm -hmm. out of the backfield, then he's definitely not going to be used very much. Mm -hmm. But he's been, you know, Matt Forte has had a big role in the offense so far this year, Um, so I expect uh, I expect Langford to have at least enough work thrown his way to be fantasy relevant this week.
1: Sounds good to me. And and if we're putting our uh, our deadline sort of on Forte coming back, uh, just estimating it for three to four weeks. Then the uh, Bears buy already happened, right? Yes. So that means that uh, if he comes back in a couple weeks, you still have Langford that is immediately a uh, running back two on your team, and you can use him, and you can be confident that they're going to at least give him the opportunity to be a productive member of uh, of the Bears.
0: Absolutely. Um, so Reggie Bush. Uh slipped on some concrete tore his ACL in very Reggie Bush fashion uh, it wasn't even on a play when he was carrying the ball so um, it's ended his season and there's speculation that maybe it could end his career because it doesn't seem like he's going to be under contract next year with the 49ers so if someone's gonna have to sign him after an ACL injury um, you know good luck with that one Reggie
1: did you did you know that uh, in st. Louis they uh, they actually call that the concrete ring of death Oh, really? Yeah, because it's not just Reggie Bush. That little concrete of players ring. have done that. Yeah, in fact, uh, the, just the previous week, Josh McCown was unable to stop on the concrete and injured his shoulder on a play.
0: I wish that we had known about that because we were just in St. Louis. We mm-hmm. would have looked for it.
1: The concrete ring of the death. The
0: concrete ring of death.
1: <laughs> he says he's not That's angry fair. that it happened because uh, everybody else has played on it, too. Uh, but that it just seems like a terrible thing to have in a football stadium. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean... Cleats and concrete are a very slippery combination. Yeah. You have, like, no traction at all. It goes
1: from grass or... Is it grass or, or artificial It's probably turf. turf. So it goes from artificial turf
0: right to concrete.
1: And that just seems like a bad move.
0: And you barely need cleats for turf. So they don't have, like, uh, something that's going to be... Yeah, they don't... They're not ready for that. I mean, That maybe, sudden change.
1: Maybe the Rams, if they move to L.A. in their new stadium, they can put, like, a big <laughs> metal wall up with spikes coming out of it or something. <laughs> <laughs>
0: They'll, get, they'll, they'll have to do that in their stadium they share with the Raiders, so it fits in the theme. This is perfect.
1: This is, we, we have to send them these ideas immediately. Raiders guys. want
0: a ring of death, I'm sure, in their stadium. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, Dave, you told me a little bit earlier, who is the new presumptive starter in San Francisco? Because it was a guy that both Mike and I said, what? Who is that? Uh, well, the,
1: the gentleman's name is Gasket,
0: I believe. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'll take your word
1: for that. Uh, <laughs> I, I have to look him up.
2: <laughs> yeah, I remember we were talking about gas cans everywhere. After right, I think... uh, he blows up this week and invades the fantasy world.
1: Yeah, I mean it's all it's all about the uh, um, what do you call it? It's like the uh, the the hype train that happens all the time when when someone goes down and you have a new guy coming up. In this case, uh...
0: <laughs> Kendall Gaskins.
1: Oh, Gaskins. Okay, so so Gaskins, uh, I'm pretty sure is a guy that they sort of uh, that they. That they called up. They got a promotion from a practice squad. Yeah, I believe and, that's right. And, I mean, he's one of those guys that no one really knows anything about. And I don't know if he was uh, an undrafted free agent. Um, I'm not really sure. But I do know that he's not uh, he's not necessarily a, a brand new guy because he's 24 years old. Uh, and uh, if, if he does get the start, I mean, he's one of those dudes that could impress right away. He's 6'1", 238". And from preliminary looks uh, that I've seen from the, the practice squad, like scouting reports and things like that, he has been good. But that doesn't mean anything in the NFL, mm-hmm. and it doesn't mean anything on the 49ers, and they don't have a good offensive line really anymore, and they're not a good offensive team anymore. So And they play the Falcons, Seahawks, Cardinals the next three games. So it's not looking good, but... It is a guy to look at if you're in a super deep league. I know we're in a couple, for example, Jason, where if you look on the waiver wire and there really is no one. So whenever anyone has an opportunity like this to take over the backfield, let's say Gaskins isn't even that good. If he gets 20 touches a game, he'll still be good enough to play on a league like that.
0: Maybe. Yes, yes. On those super deep leagues, sure. Uh Sure, because you have like a fifth flex spot. And they signed Pierre
1: Thomas, too. But Pierre Thomas more than likely isn't going to be anything but like the third down and and sort of uh, um, what do you call it? The guy that gives people breaks. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's yeah. There's not going to be a whole lot of work for Pierre Thomas unless Kendall Gaskins is incredibly, you know, uh, what good. Well, I was going to say bad, bad. <laughs> incredibly bad. But I mean, he's got Blaine Gabbert. You know, everyone's going to be pretty bad on that team. <laughs> Let's say the odds that.
1: are that everyone on that team is incredibly bad in the next couple. That's weeks.
0: That's a pretty safe bet. They, one of the only good players they had, they just traded away to Denver. Right. Vernon Davis is gone now. So, yeah, Anquan Bolden hasn't been quite healthy. Torrey Smith is not anywhere near the okay player he was in Baltimore. Um, so, yeah, the 49ers are officially the dumpster fire of the 2015 NFL season. It's true. All right.
1: So um, so I'm not putting any chips on Gaskins. I'm just, <laughs> I just want to put it out there. You know that w- when you hear that name, because he fumbled three times and uh, you know gave up the game, uh, we told you first it was Gaskins. <laughs> He's the guy.
0: Okay, so <laughs> Kyrie Robinson wins the worst uh, award to win, which is the most painful injury of the week. Uh. Uh, he broke his fibia on the field, and they had to put it in an air cast before they could move him off the field. It might be
1: a tie with Ricardo Lockett from the Seahawks.
0: Ricardo Lockett probably didn't feel that shit at all. Oh, he
1: was unconscious. Because he
0: just went unconscious.
1: Yeah. But you're right. uh, Kyrie, I feel bad for him because Mm -hmm. he was starting to vulture a lot of touchdowns. He's a big guy. He was looking good in that offense. And, uh, I mean, it's good for Ingram and
0: Spiller owners, right? Sure. I mean, especially Ingram owners. Ingram has been... Uh, outstanding. I think going into the game, he was the number two running back on the season mm-hmm. in terms of just
1: scoring points. And sneakily, because he's been getting a lot of those touchdowns taken away from him. So Right,
0: Kyrie Robinson has four touchdowns this year. Um, so that's going to help Mark Ingram. Obviously, C.J. Spiller will probably see a little bit more action. Um, but unless they're scoring, uh, what do they score, 52 points, I wouldn't expect a ton of uh, you know fantasy-worthy starts out of C.J. Spiller. Uh, yeah, Mark Ingram is in second place by 12 points. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I really think that he's going to continue to play very well and just get that very slight little boost to him.
1: I, I did want to mention Spiller, right? Because Spiller is on a new team. He's sort of trending up very slowly. And uh, he scored a touchdown last week and finally is starting to put up uh, points enough to make him uh, playable in a PPR or a deep league. And uh, we thought at the beginning of the season that Spiller would have a great role there. Because he's got Drew Brees throwing him the ball uh, in a PPR role where he's going to be a third down back. I, I, think, I think it's really good stuff. And I think, uh, like you said, with Kyrie gone, Ingram will have the ability to score more touchdowns at the mm-hmm. goal line. And Spiller mm-hmm. will get more carries and touches. So,
0: Yeah, he'll get some more work. I,
1: I, and with the Saints looking so good, I mean, I know they played the Giants and the Giants aren't the best. But let's be honest, they, they're far from the worst defense. I mean, it looks like they're sort of uh, uh, finding—Breeze is starting to find uh, his grip again.
0: Yeah, he's trying to—Breeze and Manning have both sort of figured out that they're actually good uh, quarterbacks again. But, uh, you know, I was kind um, of—it's kind of funny with Pierre Thomas getting signed to San Francisco today, uh, or was it yesterday, you know, right when New Orleans probably would have finally wanted to sign him back, because they lost Kyrie Robinson, yeah you know they're gonna they don't have the chance to do that anymore right So right. I think they might sign another guy, but he probably won't be relevant at all uh, but they do need to have a third guy in there doing something but you know part of CJ Spiller's problem was that early in the year he didn't know the offense as well you know that usually gets fixed as the season goes on, so it'll probably be the two-headed monster with Ingram really leading the way here. Well, being that we're now in the second half of the season, uh, you brought up a good point, and we are
1: seeing these teams turn around a little bit. Like maybe Seattle is trying to figure out uh, you know, how Jimmy Graham can get open and start getting some passes. And uh, you know, perhaps we are seeing uh, Drew Brees sort of recapture himself and Peyton Manning able to throw the ball without looking like a, you know, a, a, an 80-year-old. <laughs> um, it, it, there the are world's s- first geriatric quarterback There are some teams that aren't doing well still, though I mean, the Eagles are finding ways to somehow win a couple ball games, Even though they look like crap out there, for example So do the Washington Redskins And exactly, the Redskins are the same way They, have a, they, they don't know what's going on at quarterback they, they, have like a, they have a tight end who's great but continually injured It's tough It's tough out there for an NFL team this year Unless you are one of the four undefeated teams In which case you are so much better than everyone else
0: <laughs> uh so at wide receiver Steve Smith Sr um you know one of the toughest guys that they all say in the league went out with a torn Achilles injury uh so he was a little injured earlier uh, in the year and there was a lot of speculation over who could fill his role there Kamar Aiken had a little bit more action but not really a whole lot and uh I'm worried that there may not be a fantasy relevant wide receiver in Baltimore, because Crockett Gilmore might be the only guy who's worth, you know, who Joe Flacco can throw the ball to reliably.
1: Well, I started Aiken a couple weeks. I think Aiken has the ability to put up points. Uh, I'm going to look at the stats that he has. Uh, uh, let's see. So so in week two, he had five for 89, uh, week four, five for 77 in a touch, week six, uh, he had a touchdown. Week, week 8 when uh, Smith went down, he went 6 for 62. So yeah, he's, he's just not up to that level of really being a wide receiver 1. He's just going to get you like wide receiver 2, wide receiver 3 points. You're right, right. they don't have
0: uh, a number 1 guy. And there isn't a number 1 guy for them to have. They need to trade to get Torrey Smith back. Oh, they can't trade anymore. No. The trade deadline passed today, that's right.
1: No, there's, there's no opportunity for the Ravens to have any better wide receiver core than they currently do. Uh, so Aiken will continue to be a borderline guy, and Crockett Gilmore is probably going to explode with uh, uh, you know some pretty good red zone looks and a lot of receptions.
0: I suppose they just have to kind of work on get making their guys better, right? What about Chris Givens? Chris Givens has actually had a uh, few catches uh, in the last game, right? Like six catches.
2: So uh, he was targeted four times, three receptions, fifty-seven yards. Okay, but he's been trending up. There was only two targets the games prior. And uh, now he's, he knows the offense. you got to remember he was just traded there in Week 5. So, you know, now he knows the offense through a bye week. Steve Smith down. I almost like him to step up. We've seen what Aiken can do. and
1: Well, they'll have to split the workload, yeah. I guess, because Steve Smith is a guy who can get 10 receptions yep. for 180 yards and two touchdowns. Neither of those guys look like they can really do that. So uh, that might be a difficult situation, especially if he starts splitting the targets between those two. Um, but I guess for right now, either one of them could be considered like a, for a flex spot because Smith
0: is out. Yeah, Givens is worth a look in deep leagues for sure. Um, Calvin Johnson had an ankle injury, and it's probably minor because he suffered the injury kind of later on in the game when they were already getting blown out uh, against the Chiefs in London. So they have a bye week this week. We'll know more about Calvin Johnson next week. Uh, when they have to start releasing injury reports and stuff, and we see if he practices or not. I wouldn't really worry about Calvin Johnson. I would be more worried about Matt Stafford and that offense really sucking. You know, it seems like Jim Bob Cooter is not the answer. Did we think that Jim Bob Cooter was the answer? Jim Bob Cooter is only the answer to obscure-ass Jeopardy questions.
1: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Uh, Calvin didn't practice today, um, and... Well, they don't have practice. Yeah, they did. They did. Mm-hmm. They had practice today.
0: Oh wow, that sucks to not get the week off when you have a bye week.
1: Well, some teams they are actually off for the week. It seems like they probably need to work. You're right. They those need are those to have happy, practice. Undefeated team. Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> you guys
0: can have a Tuesday. Kansas off. City gets the day off. Yeah, I mean they're just, not undefeated, but at this
1: point, the Patriots can go to the theme park. They can go to the movies. They, can, <laughs> they probably have a lot of leash.
2: I think Gronk was in Vegas.
1: Was he? Maybe. That that makes it seems like a Gronk sort of thing. It's to a do. Gronk thing to do, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I would be a little worried about Calvin. I know that doesn't seem like a huge injury, but you could see he tweaked it during the game. And remember, there's a lot of uh, of years. Uh, was it two years ago? Well, last year Calvin was sort of almost injured the entire year, right?
0: Let's not talk decoy Calvin. Right. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, there was decoy Calvin we saw last year. Mm-hmm. Maybe
1: decoy Calvin comes out no. again. Golden Tate becomes like the all star that he was last year. I mean he's been good but but when Calvin Johnson is not being targeted he's great. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Uh so Keenan Allen um is on the IR now with a kidney rupture.
2: That's a pretty gruesome injury too. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, know I don't
0: know how serious it really is if it's something that he just needs to rest from and can't be like you know, taking hits and stuff and that's why he can't play. Um They said he had to have cause...
1: surgery to stop the bleeding. <sighs> oh jeez. So oh, yeah, that's very serious. So that's internal bleeding, so that's why he's not playing anymore. Yeah. Right, okay. Do you remember when, I think it was Jason Witten who had to like sit mm-hmm. upright in a position for like through three weeks? Yeah, because... he ruptured his spleen or right. something. Mm-hmm. Some of these guys... When he that's came insane. back, Jason Witten is crazy. He Jason Witten is crazy. I Greg Olson would do that. He, we were just watching the game last night. They said he's been... Uh, in on the offense for 100% of their snaps. No other offensive position, well, no, running back, wide receiver, or tight end right, has, has done that. Has been in for 100% of the snaps all season. <laughs> I mean, Olsen is playing out of his mind.
0: Yes, he is incredible. Not even Grok does that. And Grok is still a really good blocker. But yeah, Ken, Greg Olson is just better at it. And they don't have anyone behind him to even, like, they don't even have, like, a second guy who, like, is a blocking tight end who, you know, plays 20% of the time.
1: Well, we wouldn't even know if they had another tight end on that team because... No. Uh, <laughs> it's like, who's
0: the backup quarterback there? Who knows? Does not well, matter? No. <laughs> it, if they don't have Cam Newton, they don't matter.
1: It doesn't matter.
0: Um, so, filling in for Keenan Allen, you'll see Stevie Johnson, you'll see Michael Floyd. Um, do you think that uh, it'll be mostly Antonio Gates kind of filling the receiving role again? Will he be sucking up a lot of targets?
1: Malcolm Floyd, you mean, right?
0: Well, yes, Malcolm. Don't say Michael.
1: Yeah, but that, I mean, there's, there's a couple Floyds out there. Yeah. Uh, I don't have the stats in front of me. I seem to remember that Malcolm Floyd did really well. Um, he had a really big catch, I know. And I think that uh, Antonio Gates and Ladarius Green, um, as well as Danny Woodhead, are going to cr- grab up all of those targets. Ladarius Green's out with an ankle. Uh, Antonio Gates seems okay, and he has another week to rest up. So, yeah, I mean, I think Antonio Gates is going to be the guy. And I think that uh, uh, Stevie Johnson and Malcolm Floyd are going to continue to to get, you know, all of that stuff that Keenan Allen was getting. And I loved Stevie Johnson at the beginning of the year. And I think in the first game or two, he did really well. And then when he started finding Keenan Allen again, he kind of laid off of him. So I, I suggest that Stevie Johnson and Antonio Gates are
0: huge
1: target monsters going forward.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. I mean, Philip Rivers has been throwing the ball as much or more than any other quarterback in the league. Right.
2: Isn't he on pace to break the passing
0: yard? He was. He was
1: at one uh, point. I doubt that he still is. Let's see where he's at. It was the passing record was like uh like fifty 50- 50- 54-77 or something like that.
0: So Phillip Rivers
1: has now played He was on pace for like 5,500.
0: He has 2,753, so he's still on pace for 5,506.
1: And that would beat Peyton Manning's record.
0: Yeah, he has 348 pass attempts right now, which is insane. That would be almost 700 passing attempts. Well, I've
1: seen more. I know
0: Matt Stafford's thrown like 715.
1: Well, Keenan Allen being gone like that and being gone for a long period of time, that is not helping anything. But they do have a bunch of targets there, you know, and and he's not going to have any problem getting rid of the football.
0: Yeah, but I mean, Keenan Allen is a special talent at wide receiver. That guy has been catching everything that comes his way. They don't have that guy anymore. Like, they have Antonio Gates, who's bigger but much slower, and they have Malcolm Floyd, who will catch the bar down the field, but he's not going to catch it going across the middle and stuff like that.
1: Again, my guy is Stevie Johnson. Remember the years in Buffalo where he scored over 1,000 yards and 10 touchdowns? He's the guy who has to pick up the slack. He's the guy who looked good at the beginning of the year like that. Um, I think he's the guy. But, but you're right. He, he's not going to step into Keenan Allen's shoes because Allen is a little bit more uh, gifted.
0: I think that these three guys will be fantasy relevant going forward, but none of them will be a star. Well, Gates will be a star, relatively speaking. Woodhead is like a top six running back right now. Yeah, I now. think
2: Woodhead gets a big bump from it as well because Keenan Allen was running a lot of those short slants. Everyone always forgets the about Woodhead. back routes, and yeah, Woodhead's going to get a bump. I think Gates is going to see Woodhead is targets. inconsistent,
0: though. No,
1: he's not. Last week, he did terrible. Yes, there was one week. I mean, you you got to let those things slide, man. I mean, what in the beginning of the year, we were talking about how uh, what was it, two years ago or, or three years ago when there there were a bunch of problems on San Diego, Woodhead had to step up, had like 70-something receptions, a uh, whole bunch of yards and a bunch of touchdowns. Well, he's kind of on pace to do the same thing. He could finish as a top-10 running back, and it looks pretty consistent to me.
0: He's getting two weeks so far like, he, like last week. Last week and then uh, week three, he really only had like 43 yards as well. But so, that happens though, you know? Sure, sure, that's going to happen. Um, for the most part, Woodhead is playing well, but you know, you're know, not worried that they have decided to give the ball back to Melvin Gordon? No, he, he's a third down
1: passing back. He's not getting that taken away from him. The only reason was because they schemed in that game particularly to give it to Gordon. Maybe this was Gordon's tryout as like, we're going to give you the shot, man. And he blew it. it, it didn't. And he still didn't do very well. No. Right. But you said yourself, I mean, I, Woodhead is going to get more targets because mm. he's going to soak them up like a sponge. He's he's the Ahmad Bradshaw of that team. He's the guy who is just going to, if Antonio Gates isn't open, or if you want a little screen pass, or if you need to do a move in the red zone, that's all Woodhead. And you can't look at his stats and say that he's not, you know, been consistent.
2: Yeah. But, it, kind of like you mentioned, it's all game flow. If you look through his targets, and that's... not. One thing I always look for is, you know, targets, especially in a passing game in a, a PPR league. So last week he was only targeted three times. He caught two of three for 36 yards, and he only had three rushes three rushes for nine yards. So I, I don't know what Melvin
0: Gordon's uh, final yards per carry were, but he had only three yards per carry last yeah. week. I mean, on the season, he's only averaging 3.7, so Ravens. that's a
1: big problem. And Brandon Oliver's out as well as Keenan Allen, so that's another guy mm-hmm. who is soaking up targets in a third-down mm-hmm. role, which means it's only Woodhead. It's Solamente Woodhead. I don't know why I went into Spanish there. It happens sometimes. I apologize. <laughs> uh, but, but you and I should be above anybody else high on him because at the beginning of the season, our rankings had him at, like, number 13. It was, like, higher than almost everybody on Fantasy Pros. It's, it's sort of the same thing when we looked uh, a couple years ago, and we had James Jones really high. And we're like, why is James Jones so high, you know? And well, of cor- they're of course scoring a is. lot
0: of points there. There's a lot of fantasy value to go around. Yep. And it's focused in certain places, and that helps You know, when you're trying to decide. <clears throat> you know, and They've lost a lot of games, so they're playing a lot of catch-up that is going to help. Danny Woodhead. I think if they're playing f- ahead, then you may see a little bit more Melvin Gordon, if only because they probably stay out of third down a little bit more. But I-, I don't see that happening going forward. Even though they're playing Chicago, Kansas City, and Jacksonville, those are all three teams that can move the ball, so it's not like San Diego is going to create some big lead on any of these teams. No,
1: so so more of the same here, except without Allen's. with the, the remaining targets being spread around to those those people.
0: And all three of those teams have weak defenses, so uh, expect a decent amount of work from, you know. I like Floyd and Johnson, and especially Gates and Woodhead, you know, going forward. Melvin Gordon, I still want to wait. Even though he got a lot of work last week, It was only 54 yards.
1: Well, if you're not getting production out of the work, the coaches aren't going to continue to give you the work. Right. But, I mean, we do know that they have kind of a weak... Offensive line, and they've got uh, a rookie running back that has to learn the game and the offense. So maybe they're just giving him the benefit of the doubt, uh, and they're gonna keep running him fifteen, twenty. But it's been so up and down that it looks to me like they flipped a coin on him and it didn't work. I expect uh, to him to only get like twelve going forward.
0: Yeah. So we, you know, the Chargers have been probably hit by injury the most uh, so far. So the the remaining good players they have left, I say. Start them for ne- for right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Kendall Wright suffered a sprained MCL, which he said feels horrible, which isn't what you usually hear from the players. They mm-hmm. usually no. just say, you know, I'm fine or I'm sucking it up or I'm going to go to the trainer. Um, so anyways, uh, Wright is gone now. So Dorial Green Beckham may finally be forced. Uh you know, or I should say, the coaches be forced to use Dorial Green Beckham. But of course, they fired Ken Wisenhunt this morning. So who the hell knows what's going to end up happening? I think they promoted. Uh, was it Chan Gailey, the offensive coordinator?
1: Probably. I'm not. I don't. I'm not on top of that. Um, I do know that Dorial Green Beckham, although he seems like a really big talent. I mean, he's a giant guy. He catches the ball out there. He's a great, huge red zone threat. But even when they had yeah. the opportunity previously. To, uh, you know, to let him kinda of go nuts. They still have been holding him back to only getting a couple of opportunities, a couple of snaps per game. So they know something that we don't know, and I think uh, that is what I heard from the scouts during the draft and before when Doriel Greenbeckham was in college, that he just is a guy that is not really grasping all of these, uh, of these methodologies and schemes yet. Uh, he's a guy that needs to learn Needs to get his head in the game. He's a big athletic body, and he's not smart enough, uh, to put it bluntly, to, to play an every-down role in an NFL offense yet.
2: It's funny yeah. analysis, used the term raw.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, it, I should be using he's more politically correct talent. terms. Yeah. I, I don't mean to call the guy dumb because I don't know if he is or not. I, I haven't heard him speak. And believe me, if, if I
0: thought he was dumb, I would tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I was wrong on the name. It's Mike Malarkey. Uh, who is the interim head coach now.
1: That's malarkey.
0: So uh, he was the assistant head coach of the offense this season after being the tight ends coach last year. Um, So he was head coach of the Jaguars in the past, um, and he led the Bills to a 9-7 record in 2004. Mm -hmm. So he has some experience as a coach, but he is decidedly the interim coach um, he has a lot of young players to deal with, and all, their defense has played all right this year, so it'll be interesting to see um, if he can make anything of that.
1: Yeah, we've got some major management movements going on this year, as, as usual. How alliterative, Dave. As usual, but, you know, um, it, it is interesting to see what happens. And, and a lot of times you'll find that a guy that was, uh, that was getting a lot of targets stops getting some of those, or a new guy uh, starts doing well because they want to mix things up. And you would too, probably, right? If you were in that position, you feel pressure to change something, to make something happen. So you, you kind of want to make things change. You, you're not looking to just go in there and do the exact same thing that the other coach was doing that wasn't working.
0: Right. And, you know, we'll see if he has the same kind of action, or sorry, success that uh, PC Principal has down in Miami. Because he's doing all right. You know, the horrible loss to the Patriots, with, notwithstanding. Um, so, uh, we need to kind of move on to these injuries. John Brown was active last week, but he did not play. They go on bye this week, so we'll know more next week about him, but it seems like he should be healthy, right? He just needs a little bit of time off. Uh,
1: maybe. I mean, he's obviously just continuing to tweak his hamstrings and stuff to the point where he's one of those guys that's probably never going to be healthy for a stretch of games. And it's also I mean, you wrote something about John Brown earlier in the year. And if he would have been healthy this stretch and not had these issues, he would have kept putting up big points.
2: I think he's going to after the bye. I mean, there was a lot of talk about it because owners were, uh, you know, tweeting at him, and he was responding to most of them. Some of those tweets are funny. Oh, man, if he is crazy on Twitter.
0: Yeah. He's a savage, He apparently. Is. <laughs> he's pretty crazy on Twitter. I know
2: he told one guy I'll be uh, – in your girlfriend's bedroom or something like that. (laughs) Oh Um, man. Troy sent me some of the stuff. I was reading them. They were, they were good, but you know, I don't, I I like him a lot. Um, I don't think it's, you know, I think he sat out, uh, precautionary this week. You know, he was active, but if he had to get out there, I feel like, you know, he could have, but after the bye week, I think he's going to come out healthy and, uh, you know, still compete with, Fitzgerald is almost the lead dog over there, but we've I, seen we've seen Michael Floyd get a lot. I like targets. Michael Floyd yeah. to step
1: it up because we know that Michael Floyd was a talent. Yep. He was having problems, and maybe some of them were psychological. A lot of times, those quarter or not wide receivers that do really well for a little bit have to spend a, like a year or two, sort of getting over themselves before they get back into the into the the business of football. And mm-hmm. I do like Michael Floyd, but you know. Bruce Arians and that Arizona offense is kind of a pass the ball around offense. Mm-hmm. We saw it last year. Yep. FitzGerald it didn't get time. anything. FitzGerald was like terrible and now this year he's going back to being a great receiver. Well, that's obviously not because FitzGerald wasn't in good shape. It's obviously because Arians decided to use him as a decoy and FitzGerald was okay with it.
0: Mm-hmm. I love the label on this beer that we just cracked right? open.
1: So we just poured ourselves a new Fear a new page. beer. And what what pain do we cave. got? Pain cave. Pain, yeah. cave,
0: pain
2: cave, or pain cove? I think it's cave. I think it's cave. It looks like it'd be in a cave. So where
0: so, so where is that from? That doesn't is, look very covey, uh, <laughs> right? This is from Solomoth Oath Brewery in uh, Naperville, Illinois. Mm-hmm. So I like the key that are on the sides of the picture, um, but yeah, uh, we've had I think we've had some Solomoth Oath sure on the show before, uh, and it's a uh, American Double IPA. So I expect this to taste about as opposite as you can get from the two beers that I've just had. Well, I wouldn't. I think I don't think "opposite"
1: is the right word, but uh, definitely uh, vastly different. Uh, we're going to get a lot of hops in this beer.
2: It's not as hoppy as I expected for uh, a double
0: IPA. It's uh, it's nice, and it's eight
1: point five percent, something like that. Nine uh, percent alcohol. Nine percent alcohol.
0: Yeah. So uh, have some fun with this one. So guys. it's a nice
1: high gravity beer. I'm almost done with it, of course. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, so to wrap up about John Brown, yes. uh, I guess if he's going to be playing, then we have to play him. And you can't really be scared about what happened last week because that was just a coach decision or or John Brown maybe saying, I'm not ready to go yet.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that uh, if he's not ready to play, they will just not have him be active next week. Uh, that was just kind of like a last-second thing. They'll know a lot more going into this week whether or not he's you know, worth keeping active
1: and remember they got a bunch of receivers over there so like what if someone was to go down for example maybe he would have gone in the game
0: yeah. yeah um so at tight end we had larry Donnell uh go out with a it looked like kind of a bad neck injury he got carted off uh it turns out he had like just spasms or he's just sore uh so it's good that it's not a very serious injury um but even uh you know, with the Giants offense playing well, Larry Donnell is not very fantasy relevant like he was a couple of years ago. So I don't really think that uh, when he comes back, there's going to be a whole lot to jump on there. Do you guys like Larry Donnell in any sort of leagues that you're in at all? Uh, okay, so, so he has caught uh,
1: at least one reception, and with the exception of last week's game, two receptions or more in every single game he's played. In fact... With the exception of last week's game, (laughs) three receptions or more in every single game he's played. Uh, So he's pretty much, at this point, like a a more consistent Kyle Rudolph, uh, where he's only scoring a touchdown every three games, but he's still getting three or four receptions in each game. So like a solid tight end two. He's a good tight end two in a PPR league. Uh, He gets extra points. But you're right. Last year, they were using him um, definitely more aggressively. Yeah,
0: I mean, his yardage cap this year is 38 yards. Right, so yeah, it's, <laughs> so <laughs> that hurts. he's
1: occasionally scoring a touchdown. He still uses a red zone target, but they're really uh, capitalizing on what they have with Randall and Beckham Jr.
0: Um, we talked about Ladarius Green some. Uh, it's pretty clear that Antonio Gates is back, and he will be filling that role as long as Green is out. Uh, I think Green really only has major value if Gates is not playing well, I, and I,
1: some minor value if he is playing. I disagree with that because San Diego, again, that offense, high volume, and he's been running two tight end sets. So you've been seeing a lot of Ladarius Green even with Gates. Sure, uh, but he's not, you know,
0: you would never start him over Gates.
1: Well, I mean, if you have both of them on your team, you're going to start Antonio Gates. I agree with you. Right. But that's that's kind of a weird situation to but begin with. But it's not with.
0: like it's not like a Gronkowski, Aaron Hernandez, where you got to start both guys. They're not using the second tight end that much. Again, he's it's getting, close. He's getting three or four receptions a
1: game, and he scored four touchdowns. And I mean, that's pretty good. A lot Even, of those
0: touchdowns came when Gates wasn't playing.
1: He had one in Week One, Week Three, Week Five, and Week Six. I mean, sorry, Week Four, Week Week Six, and Week Seven. So there were that sounds two, like six touchdowns. There were two touchdowns (laughs) while Gates was in and two while he was out. But the point is, regardless of whether he's in or out, he's getting the same amount of work. He's getting an average of four receptions for about 50 yards. And so if you're getting four for 50, whether or not the guy is in, that means that it's not about uh, him or you. It's about the passing offense, and they're equally distributing those targets. Uh, I, I agree with you, though. If you have both on the same team, and again, I'm not sure why you would, because that's crazy talk, but, <laughs> but Gates is, is obviously the number one, and he's obviously the guy who's more apt to score touchdowns. I, I think uh, yeah. Peyton should have tried to get Antonio Gates over there. Probably could have got him for like a McDouble or something.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Pop John's uh, pizza, so dude. speaking of uh, Peyton Manning getting a new tight end, Vernon Davis is gone from San Francisco. Garrett Selick comes up. He did leave the game with a concussion. Uh, last week, but he will be the number one tight end. So Garrett Selleck, brother, brother of Brent Selleck? That's right. Um, Garrett Selleck, not you know at all impressive. Won't be a tight end one, might not even be a tight end two. It depends on who's the quarterback there. We don't <laughs> know if Blaine Gabbert is going to be even worse than Colin Kaepernick, which is certainly possible.
1: Uh, got news that just came in said that Bell is expecting now a six- to eight-month recovery from the torn mcl which means it's one of the worst torn mcls that i've seen in a long time
0: that is quite a long recovery i mean that would be like training camp like you know the beginning of august yeah exactly uh and and i
1: think he'll be okay still a young guy etc and thankfully there was no acl and he may even still avoid surgery but that's such a terrible injury Sorry to bring it up again. It's just two Steelers fans here, and I feel like I'm still about to, to start you guys crying. just
0: got Ben Roethlisberger back. That's much more important.
1: <laughs> well, the point is, you know, the Steelers had maybe the best offense in theory this year overall, and they could still be up there in that equation of, like, top five, top six once they get all the balls rolling and Roethlisberger starts doing a little better after coming back from injury. God knows that Bryant has a huge points per touch. Antonio Brown's amazing, and we talked about D'Angelo Williams, but... Mm-hmm. Point being, uh, without Bell there, you you go down a notch.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, let's have a little drink and then uh, talk about some waivers. So, uh, waiver-wire pickups this week. Don't forget, waivers in most leagues are this evening, so you got to get your picks in uh, Tuesday night, that is. Um, So, uh, the first guy that you want to look at if you need a quarterback, like if Cam Newton, or not Cam Newton, but uh, Carson Palmer is off this week, look for Tyrod Taylor. He's currently only owned in 40% of leagues uh, in Yahoo. Coming off the bye, he is... uh, you know, he he was off the last two weeks, but coming off the bye, they're playing Miami. He's going to be healthy. He's going to be starting. He's going to practice all week, so everything will be back to normal, presumably with Tyrod Taylor. Uh, we don't know if he'll have Sammy Watkins back yet, but that wouldn't uh, change my mind as to whether or not I start him.
1: I like Taylor. Forty uh, percent is is a lot of leagues that own him, uh, especially considering if we if we talk seriously about this, right? We we would probably all agree that about. Fifty percent of fantasy leagues are probably filled with people that are not informed.
0: I don't know if it's that many now, but there's a high number between, I'd say, between thirty-three and fifty percent. So
1: we're looking at that, saying maybe your league doesn't have him rostered, and and all the leagues that I'm in, uh, I think Taylor is available in at least one of them. So obviously, if he's there, you scoop him up. People calling him Ty God Taylor. He's had fantastic points so far and been fairly consistent. Even without Sammy Watkins or Percy Harvin or anything, he he tends to make points happen.
0: Right, and he's going to have McCoy back, which will help take some pressure off. Sounds like Carlos Williams might play as well, so they could have a two-headed beast at running back, but he could just be throwing the ball to them out of the backfield, which is just fine. Um, Derek Carr um, is... uh, I'm going to check on his ownership, but he is being ranked higher than some of these guys like Cam Newton, uh, guys like... uh, Who's the other one that Troy had written down? Ryan Tannehill, of course. You know, Tannehill hasn't been that impressive this Tannehill's year.
1: Tannehill's been pretty great in the last two, a couple of games before the New England thing. Yeah,
0: but he's not been as good as Derek he Carr. He just
1: broke an NFL record for 25 uh, completions in a row. I mean, keep in mind that if they didn't play New England and instead played Washington or something, that we would be talking about him as like the sure. the new hotness. Sure, sure. But you're right. I mean, overall, consistently, and, and, and how things are going this year,
0: Derek Carr's been great. So Derek Carr owned in only forty one percent of leagues, so pretty close to Taylor's stats. Uh, He plays Pittsburgh, Minnesota, and Detroit. I wouldn't worry too much because he just got done playing um, the New York Jets, you know, and he succeeded and you know he played them pretty well. Uh, So I think that uh, you know Derek Carr is a guy who you could start, and you may be persuaded to keep starting him. The you know with as good as he's been playing. You know, we said that about Blake Bortles a little while mm-hmm. ago in the season, and he's now owned probably in a lot more uh cases.
1: Yeah, Bortles is, is doing pretty well. Uh but I think he plays a, a pretty solid defense this week too. There's some there's he's some fifty
0: five percent owned. Tough matchups. Yeah, he has to play the Jets. You know, I, I have that case in a in an drink five league, in fact, where uh I need a quarterback this week and I was I was between Tyrod Taylor and Derek Carr and Blake Bortles. So let's, and,
1: let's take your uh, your your league as a, as a test case here. Okay. So you have um, who do you have on your on your team right now?
0: I have Carson Palmer and he's on bye. I don't have any backup quarterbacks.
1: Okay. So you're in a one quarterback league. You're only rostering one, which is something I do sometimes too, because there's lots of people on the waiver wire. Uh, so who's available right now on the wire? Say top five guys.
0: Uh, well, Tyrod Taylor is available, and Blake Bortles is available. Um, Derek Carr is available you know those are the guys who I consider most in that order I have claims in uh, for um, Tyrod Taylor and then Blake Bortles right now
1: is there anybody else still available out there just to kind of get a
0: uh, there's Jameis Winston there's Ryan Fitzpatrick Jay Cutler, mm-hmm. Teddy Bridgewater I would play Mariota Cutler
1: out of those guys Cutler versus San Diego seems like a juicy matchup to me with all of his uh, components in place, um, but I don't know. I mean, uh, uh, Jay Cutler has certainly disappointed before. I'll, I'll, be,
2: I'll bet you Winston versus Cutler this week.
1: Jameis Winston versus Cutler. Right now, a bet came out of nowhere. I'll take Ooh, uh, a
0: random bet has appeared. <laughs> I will. I
1: will take Cutler versus Winston. I think Cutler will have a good game, and uh, I think uh, I actually seen a lot of people sort of ranking him nearing the top ten this particular week. Let's be honest, Keller has been probably as good as he's ever been on the Bears. It's just too bad he doesn't have all the all the guys that he used to have.
0: Yeah. Well, can I make this the three-way bet and put in my guy who I was yeah. betting on, which was Tyrod Taylor?
1: So, are we going to go with what guy's going to score more points? Well,
2: I don't know. I almost like Tyrod, but I'll I'll stick with uh, Jameis. I was talking <laughs> like bottom-of-the-barrel kind of scooping. If Tyrod's available... <laughs> Tyrod uh, is available. You know, he you was d- part of that you need You need to take him. Uh, yeah, he's... He's been consistent. I think more bottom of the barrel guys, uh, kind of the ones you were bringing up at the end.
0: Well, he was part. He was part of the group that's available in this league. Fair enough. Um, well, uh, we'll stick with it. Let's go, with Jameis.
2: All right. I that's, do like Tyrod cool. this week, though.
0: Let's see.
1: <clears throat> so one thing that
2: appeals about Winston is it is the schedule. I mean, he's got the Giants this week, Cowboys, Eagles, Colts. Falcons, I mean...
1: Has Winston had a bye yet? Tampa Bay had a bye. Yeah, yeah, week six. Has Tyrod Taylor had a bye? Yeah. yeah. And Jay Cutler has had a bye. Yeah. Okay. So, just so everyone is aware...
0: They've all had byes, but Tyrod Taylor has missed two games, and Jay Cutler has missed two games? Uh, Jay Cutler missed one game. You're right. Jameis Winston missed none.
1: Well, I was just going to uh, touch upon like how many fantasy points they've scored, but I guess I would have to do some division... Well, you could anyway. do,
0: we could do average per per game. So average, Tyrod Taylor is 21.4, uh, Jay Cutler has 16.8, and Jameis Winston has 17.1. Very good. Um, so I, I think the only thing that would mess with that might be that I think Jay Cutler left a game early this year. Yeah, is that it right.
1: Was week two. He was only nine week for... Week two, he was nine for... Eight for nine. Eight, eight for
0: nine. So, yeah. you know... Um, Give him a little bump for that. They're all within a couple points of each other in terms of average. They're all very close, yeah.
1: Yeah. So definitely a, a triumvirate of quarterbacks there that could, could all be good. Tyrod's probably got the hardest matchup. So what are the matchups?
0: Tyrod plays Miami. Miami is uh, gives up the 13th fewest points to opposing quarterbacks. The Giants give up the 11th. That's who Jameis Winston is playing. Cutler plays uh, San Diego. They give it the fifteenth fewest. So this is a really close. They're matchup, all probably. very close. Yeah, the well, matchups I, are all very. Close. I, I'm going
1: to stand and go with Cutler. Yeah.
0: All right. So uh, maybe the loser should have to buy beers on the night that we do this uh, other bet yep. that we'll get to in a few minutes. Yep. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay.
1: Hopefully, I don't lose both of them or something. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if Cutler's still available, I mean, he's a guy who's probably owned in, in way more leagues than the other two guys. Uh, what is he? Uh,
0: Cutler is uh, currently owned oh, 30, 30. in 33% of leagues. Winston is owned in ni- 19, and uh, Taylor's owned in 40. I'm scraping. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Well, like I was telling you guys earlier, um, you know, I usually don't get cute when I'm setting my lineups, but I think I'm going to get cute uh, this week and prepare for uh, next week with Andrew Luck. Yeah. Uh, he's playing Denver. Uh, I like Winston's... Uh, you know, chance against the Giants more than Andrew Luck's against Denver right now.
0: I th- I think you should go go with this.
2: And, uh, you know, Andrew Luck is going to be a beast. I still think he's going to be fine. Sure, especially Andrew coming, Luck is
0: a caveman. Coming out of the the
2: bye week.
1: Yeah, but, but you know, uh, quarterbacks are scoring about eight points per week against Denver. Yeah. So.
0: Oh, man, Denver is so good against them right so now. So
1: I agree with you. I mean, I, I think that's a huge stopping point. When you play the Broncos, you're not going to be as good. When you play the Panthers, you're not going to be as good. And the Rams are up there, too.
0: Yep. Uh, so we have a guy in, a, uh, Corey in the chat room just made a trade. So he just gave up Brandon Cooks and received Sharkandrick West. This nice. is in a half-point PPR league. Um, do you think that getting West is good in this situation? I, I think
2: that's a great trade. Especially
0: if you need some little running back help. I don't know what the heck is going on with Kansas City, I'll be honest with you, because
1: uh, it looked like nothing was going to happen there with Davis and West. Um and then West had a really great game. He got a lot of opportunities. So if they keep feeding them the ball like that, however, they played Detroit. Detroit was in shambles with a coach that was about to get, uh, uh, not a coach, but a coordinator that was about to get taken out of there. I mean, that that's kind of like playing. No, the coordinator
0: had already been taken
1: out. I'm sorry, yes. But against Jim Bob Cooter.
0: Jim Bob Cooter. Well, so,
2: well, look, the last two games they won, Steelers and Lions, so they're on a two-game win streak right now. He got... Uh, no, I'm
1: with you, but but listen, the Steelers were kind of disheveled. You know, Detroit was is a mess. Like, they haven't played a good team with West.
2: He plays the Broncos week 10 when it, they come off the when bye. When they play the so. Broncos,
1: West's going to get, what, like like 40, what, five points? 40 yards. Yeah, Exactly. <laughs> I mean, he hasn't gone Maybe up against the—he hasn't gone up against the 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 concrete wall of death in yeah. St. Louis, you know.
2: <laughs> no, but I mean, the, the attempts are there. He went uh, against the Steelers, twenty-two attempts, one hundred and ten yards, one touchdown. I, I against still, the Lions, twenty attempts, ninety-seven yards, a touchdown. So, I mean, he's getting the bulk of it.
1: I still think like they've already sort of announced that he's their guy. If they feed him the ball, that's great. There's not a lot of running backs that are the number one option on their team, but he Brandon is. Cooks. Ugh. Well, Cooks has been good too. Well, Cooks uh, as of late, yeah. I mean, with uh, Drew Brees, but I mean, well, we just talked about Drew Brees uh, stepping up, you know. And if he really has turned it around, then Cook's going to be like a miracle worker for your fantasy team. But so is West. It really depends uh, if Corey in the chat room, if you needed more running back depth, then you did well.
0: Yes, and that's exactly what you know what he was looking for. He's yeah. got Alshon Jeffrey, Julio Jones, and Martavis well, Bryant at wide receiver. Well, then you
1: sound awesome, man. That team sounds great. And, and a guy like Wes is only going to help you because you probably were going to struggle with starting mm-hmm. Cooks or start him over Bryant. In some weeks, you would have probably, like, stabbed yourself in the in the hand if you were starting <laughs> Cooks over Bryant because you know he's going to have a couple weeks where he scores, like, two touchdowns and 150 yards.
0: The ceiling on Bryant is so freaking high. It's as high as any player in the league. Mm-hmm. All right, so... Uh, so good work there. At the waiver wire picks pickups uh, we did talk about the two hot running backs D'Angelo Williams and Jeremy Langford we discussed already i think we both agree uh, we all agree that is you both would agree that I agree uh, that it goes in that order <laughs> D'Angelo Williams is the guy you want yep. Jeremy Langford is a is a distant number 2 yep um so uh at wide receiver look for Kamar Akin in Baltimore they are on bye this week but with the situation there he's going to be the pickup that you want do you, either of you want to pick up Chris Gibbons or are you gonna you In know, a deep league Givens to pick that. up.
1: Uh I, I still think Aiken is the guy who's gonna throw to right now over Gibbons. I I it sounds like he kinda likes Gibbons though, as to, to take him out. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I you, do. you never know. Yeah, I think uh I think Gibbons will be more fantasy productive this week and moving forward. However, would I would I throw him in the lineup? No, kinda like you said deep league stash wait and see if he does blow up with steve smith out coming out of their by you know he's a part of the game plan if we see that sunday he's going to be a hot waiver wire ad next week
1: well you know they got mark trussman over there so yep. their offense is going to be moving on all cylinders oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> he'll throw some he'll pull some tricks out of a bag
0: <laughs> it'll be great Oh, boy. All right, so uh, Malcolm Floyd is available uh, in 76% of Yahoo leagues. 76%. Uh, So last week he had four catches for 92 yards and two touchdowns. We've talked about how there's been a slew of injuries there. Uh, He's going to be getting plenty of targets to fill the void. Yeah, I I like Michael Floyd a lot, but if John Brown, Malcolm, you're talking about the New Orleans? No, I'm talking about San Diego. Not Malcolm like, Floyd.
1: He, okay, I'm all I'm all confused. <laughs> yes, Malcolm Floyd. But we talked about San Diego at length earlier, and if you haven't, uh, uh, if you weren't there listening to us at that time, I mean, we we all agree that that Rivers is throwing it like a madman. He could. Oh, he's so good. He could break Peyton Manning's record for season long passing yardage. And so basically, everyone there that is a guy that can catch is getting
0: tons. Do you mean of reclaim points. his his uh, season long passing yardage? Yes, record? I do mean that.
1: <laughs> I have another question here. Uh, it's from Twitter from Jose. He says, "I need a quarterback. Russell Wilson is not doing good." Is he like
0: at Jose? That would be pretty impressive. No, would. that'd be a good one. <laughs> yeah. Well, i would say is, uh,
1: it. it's, it's at Jose one underscore nine five six. Okay. So that's I mean, okay. there's <laughs> some stuff going on there. Jose, <laughs> give him
0: give him some uh, you know.
1: <laughs> but here's props to you. Uh, the question is, uh, he's not doing well, so who for long-term, Jay Cutler or Jameis Winston? Which is really funny. Oh, man. <laughs> because we just talked about this. I say
0: Tyrod Taylor.
1: So, <laughs> so I think you know how we feel. I'm going to respond to him and say that we were just on the podcast and we, we all have three different answers for him.
0: Okay, I think <laughs> that uh, I would go with Jameis Winston because Jameis Winston will be getting a, a Austin Safarian Jenkins back. And he has a boost in his future, whereas Jay Cutler is actually losing Matt Forte. And while it may make him throw the ball more, it's going to hurt the Bears' offense overall.
1: I disagree because Jay Cutler is a veteran in this league, and he's on a team that he already has proven commodities on. And Winston is a rookie who's throwing the ball haphazardly towards Mike Evans, who did awesome (laughs) last year with Josh McCown. So, I mean, I just don't see starting a rookie over Cutler. I know we're 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 in Chicago, so there's a little bit of I'm hatred. trying not to be a homer. If I said Jay
0: Cutler, you would call me a homer.
1: <laughs> but but hey, I mean, we just talked about it, and I think they're all so close right now that it's tough to tell. I just thought I'd break the tie. <laughs> well, thank I, you, sir.
2: I like Winston's matchup this week. I don't know about long term. I mean, his schedule is more favorable than Jay Cutler's. Uh, Jay Cutler still plays the Broncos, the Rams. Uh, in the playoffs, he would have uh, the Redskins, Vikings, and Bucks, which is pretty favorable. Uh, so you know, long term, kind of like you said, he's a, he's a vet,
1: uh, right? You know, the, he's going to get out there and it's the rookies, man. Yeah. Like it, you can't say like long term play the rookie; it's just hard to do. Mm-hmm. But but I'm I'm with you. I mean, Winston is an athletic guy who's got people on his team, and with Jenkins coming back, he's at least going to be able to dip it off. Right now, he has no one to throw the ball to in checkdown situations, and that hurts for a rookie quarterback.
2: I think in his situation, though, I mean, is Russell Wilson droppable at this point? No, I don't. I, I don't, don't think so. No. no, so I mean, you know, hold on to him, and I'd almost prefer to stream quarterbacks, uh, you know, as opposed to going with just you know one dedicated Jay Cutler. Maybe I'm going Jameis Winston this week, but next week I'm looking at matchups with other like guys Jay Cutler that might when be he gets to play Detroit yep. again. So, I'm with you there. Hey, maybe so, Johnny Football will come out this week and just tear
1: it up. I'm still not going to play him. not going to happen, Mike. <laughs> yeah, no. I'm have not, you, have I'm you not, been not, drinking I'm, your tobacco juice? Yes, I
0: have. Uh,
3: <laughs>
1: I'm not
2: saying play him this week, but I'm saying, you know, maybe he takes control of the not? offense. Maybe in four weeks we're like, oh, Johnny Manziel, look at this matchup for the playoffs.
0: All right, uh, so we got another question. So given that Julio is going to be matched up against Norman, who we all saw last night dominating T.Y. Hilton um, against the Pan- on the Panthers, uh, so in two of the three playoff weeks, would you try to trade away Julio Jones since he's got to play him in, I presume, weeks 14 and 16? No. You go with him? You ride that stud? Look look
1: at who he's played in, and yes, Norman has been really awesome, but Julio is sort of out of this world. He's he's, he's a larger guy with a higher vertical leap. I don't think that Julio is going to have trouble catching a couple of passes uh, over Norman. So uh, maybe we can find somewhere that's told us exactly who he has uh, faced against, but I really don't think... I think Julio is in another class of,
0: of human being. Uh, certainly. And another class of NFL player as well. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not selling Quintavious, him. Quintavious, you mean, Dave? I'm not selling him Jones. short,
2: but I actually, uh, I just traded Julio, uh, last week. Uh, but that's after Foster went down 12 man league with deep benches. I had no other wide uh, running back options and I turned Julio and, uh, Odell Beckham and Danny Woodhead in one PPR. And wow. I mean, you know. if
0: you got Odell Beckham back, that's pretty so I,
2: sweet. I downgraded it at wide receiver. There's no doubt about that. You I mean, downgraded Julio...
0: to Odell Beckham Jr. That's still a yeah. top-ten guy. It is, it is. That's but Julio, Julio Julio is, is in insane. a league of his own. 70 catches, 892 yards, 6 touchdowns. Leads the league in re- both receptions and yards. Uh, probably will finish the season leading the league on that. Here we go. he so, to play a bunch of softies the rest of the way
1: so at least right now so, so week one he played Allen Robinson who scored 27 yards week two he played DeAndre Hopkins who scored 53 I didn't say scored who, who gained 53 yards week three he played Brandon Cooks 79 yards Week 4, Mike Evans for 32. Week 5, Doug Baldwin for 23. So let's take out Doug Baldwin, Mike Evans, Brandon Cooks, and Alan Robinson from that equation and say DeAndre Hopkins is the closest thing maybe to a Julio Jones, but DeAndre Hopkins has not been around for very long. He's not as experienced and he's not as athletic as Julio is, in my opinion. So if a guy like Hopkins can do 53, a guy like Cooks can do 79... Granted, Josh Norman is amazing, but Julio is the best guy he has faced this year by far.
0: I don't know that Norman is a guy that uh, travels the field and always matches up with the same receiver. He really he has. has been. Yep. He has been? Okay. He's been
1: shadowing like Rivas. Yep. Okay. And, and I'll be honest with you. Uh, so, so as of last week, quarterbacks targeting against Josh Norman have a passer rating of 25.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> It freaks me out, but I'm not selling Julio. But sure.
1: don't you agree that Julio Jones is better than any of those people? Yeah,
3: Julio I Jones do, is yeah.
0: enormous. Is... I mean,
1: and so I don't think he's going to have the problems he had. Now I do think Norman's going to mess him up, and he's not going to have like a crazy preternatural uh, uh, week, right? But but I think he will outscore everyone else that Josh Norman has played.
0: Look, if, if somebody—that's op- my bold prediction. Somebody right? offers you the world for Julio Jones and you've got this in the back of your mind that he is gonna struggle in the playoffs, maybe you go for it. Maybe if you are gonna turn him into Odell Beckham Jr. and another position that you need, you know, or you get Antonio Brown back or something. But he's like matchup that. proof. If there's anyone that's matchup proof, he's matchup proof. Sure, but I mean, what if that matchup is only ninety yards? That ninety yards is fine. If that's mm-hmm. your floor for your wide
1: receiver, nine points. Like that it's that's that terrible that you're gonna like freak out about it. I mean I don't I don't think so.
0: Who are you going to start? Nine points isn't good enough for Julio Jones. Well, sure, it's not good enough for Julio Jones, but
1: but who else are you going to start in his place that's going to score more than nine points on the
0: lowest he could possibly score? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm saying if you get a guy back like Odell, you know, one of the top guys still, it'd, it'd be a weird trick. But
1: he won't score as many points going forward towards the end of the year. So why would you sacrifice one week? In order to get someone who will
0: score less points overall, I don't, I don't, I don't have Julio Jones. I don't actually have to make this decision, so I'm just kind of throwing these scenarios out there. Well, what do you guys think? I mean, it, certainly, I'm not going to be looking
1: for him. That's for sure. Well, it's not about you. I know, <laughs> but if you could, for example, if you could uh, make a trade that would give you a better position in theory for one week
0: and do that every single week, would you do that? You can't do that every single week. Of course you could. You you can, but I don't think that you can pull off a successful trade every week. Yeah, I
2: mean, in theory, if you could do that every week and it's going to make my team better that week every <laughs> right. week,
0: absolutely I'm going to do it.
1: Or, or would you suffer from attrition eventually and then end up with, like, Doug Baldwin as your number one <laughs> right well, receiver? Like, right now, if I'm sitting
2: at 7-1
1: <laughs> uh, and,
2: and I feel like you know I have playoffs in sight, maybe I start looking at the playoff matchups and who everyone's playing.
1: Well, I do like that because if you're a team that has a, a huge lead I mean, right now or if you have six or seven wins at this point in a good team, you're probably a shoe-in, so you could start looking at those those matchups.
2: What's crazy with Julio is he doesn't play him once in the playoffs. He plays him twice, like, you know, play Carolina. I forgot who they have in between that, but then they play Carolina again. Yeah.
0: Uh, in between the Carolina matchups, Julio Jones has to play uh, Jacksonville. Yeah, there which, there is
1: there is, is nice. There is no doubt that Josh Norman is fantastic. But if you if you let Brandon Cooks have 79 yards and Hopkins have 53 yards then Julio Jones can probably double that.
2: I'm going to keep playing Devil's Advocate. What about Matt Ryan? He hasn't looked very good. He has been very Andrew Luck-esque yeah, well, uh, he's
0: lately.
1: <laughs> he, <laughs> he's given him the ball enough times yeah. to make it work. Julio Jones count. has still been yeah getting the ball mm-hmm. enough. That's what matters. I'm, I'm with you guys, though. I mean, If there's any time you're going to sit him, if you have any options, if there's a possibility you could trade him for a, a, anything that is like remotely equal, uh, then I do think that his production will dip in this week. But I would be very surprised if he doesn't go for sixty yards and a touchdown because he's Julio Jones. Yep. At yep. the very least. Yep. And that makes him
2: worth playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't bench him. <laughs> you can't. Find
0: well, you him. can't no, bench him. you wouldn't bench him. You but
1: as far as trading him, uh, you know, I
0: still want to keep him.
2: Yep.
1: You got to keep him to get to the playoffs. It hurt to. Get and then rid when of you're him. in the playoffs, you won't have him anymore, and you'll be crying to yourself. Yeah.
2: <laughs> it It hurt to get rid of him, but he was the only asset I had. So. Yeah. Feel and, like and, I got a, a lot of value.
1: I mean, maybe you could maybe you could uh, do this, but it'd probably be collusion, right? If you're like trading him off and then letting him play for those two weeks, and then he does poorly, and then you trade back for him, you're like, look, he did badly. I had no idea. <laughs> you get it back week fifteen, and then you trade him again <laughs> in week sixteen. But no, let's not give anybody any bad illegal ideas.
0: So. Okay, uh, so last couple <laughs> waiver pickups for this week. Uh, we did mention Ben Watson earlier. He is only owned in 53% of leagues, so he may be available. He is our number nine tight end of this week, so I don't think you're going to be able to find a top ten tight end right off the waiver wire. A couple other guys, we did mention Heath Miller earlier. He's uh, more involved now that Ben's back, but he's still not going to uh, total a ton of yardage. And Jacob Tammy seems to be, uh, you know, seeing a lot of action with Matt Ryan over the last week or two. And Vernon Davis is new in Denver I don't know that he's going to see a lot of work right away. I don't even think that Vernon Davis is available in a ton of leagues.
1: Uh, I would think he would be. I don't know any leagues that would be owning Vernon Davis. Uh, Although, right now you he's might...
0: only Well, okay, he's 35% owned. You're probably looking at... Higher than the, I thought it might be. All the
1: people that just picked him up do, like if you look at the trend. Plus
0: 8% in the last day, yeah. So he's not... So he was 27. But before. but i got to bring up
1: uh, Safarian Jenkins because I think he is available a lot of places and I think he's going to be right away good. So, I mean... I would rather have ASJ than Tammy. He's a bigger guy. He's, uh, he's proved that he can score a ton of points. Um, I mean, whether or not he's injury prone, that, that's I guess, remains to be seen. He obviously had an injury. Uh, I like Watson, like you said, and I think uh, not for Dynasty or Keeper Leagues, but for this year because Watson's an older tight end, he's been doing really well. But keep in mind, now, ASJ is my, is my pick for that guy who over the next couple weeks we're going to be like, yeah. He's good.
0: Yeah, I think so. We just got to know that he's going to be starting this week. He's in 34% of Yahoo leagues. So, right. right. Um, People are know, holding on to him. Yeah, yeah. People or are holding they got him last him week. Or take a flyer on him yeah. and, and just pick him up now and hold on to him in case he doesn't... If he doesn't start next week or this week, don't uh, you know panic or anything.
1: But my favorite thing to do is get the big tight end who's next to the rookie quarterback. It's fantastic. Smart. That's
0: smart. Uh, so uh, at kicker, Blair Walsh has scored 55 points in the last three weeks. Um, Blair Walsh is our number seven ranked uh, kicker this week uh, I don't know how available he is uh, but you know the Minnesota offense has been you know relatively decent this week he is only owned in 32 percent of leagues right now uh, so that should be an easy pickup for most people he's you know 12 20 13 points the last few weeks they're moving the ball a lot they're giving him a lot of opportunities to kick to kick field goals um, they're playing st. Louis it's still nice in the Midwest, so don't worry about the weather yet. Right, uh, they go to Oakland, Green Bay, Atlanta. So he's gonna be, uh, you know, he's gonna have a decent schedule going forward. And so, I'll
1: tell you, the the Minnesota defense has been good. A lot of things have been good on Minnesota recently. I uh, I, I think they're really under the radar right now.
2: They're one uh, one point or one win back from first place
1: in the NFC. Yeah, they only are five and two. Yeah, yeah they only have to deal with the Packers because the Bears and the <laughs> yeah. and the Lions are kind of out they of the equation. They are equations. no
0: threat whatsoever. <laughs> the humans have beaten the animals in the NFC North. That's pretty clear. Uh, and then the Cincinnati Bengals are available on defense. Uh, I really like them as a pickup this week. They have a really cool schedule going forward. Um, so Cincinnati is uh, th- this week. They're playing on Thursday night against. Um, against Cleveland. Cleveland. Yeah, so that should be all right. But going forward, then they play Houston, uh and then Arizona, good offense, but then they go St. Louis, Cleveland, uh Pittsburgh and then in the playoffs they play San Francisco and Denver as well. So, um uh hit or miss, but see, they've been playing pretty well lately. I would at least pick them up for the next couple of weeks. You may want to hold them through the St. Louis, Cleveland uh, little stretch as well. And, I mean, hell, you know, Week 15 against San Francisco, I can already predict right now that San Francisco is still going to suck in Week 15. Yeah, I can, I can agree with you. <laughs> I don't feel like that's a very no. bold prediction or anything like that. Nope. Um, so, as far as, uh, you know, other defenses go, um, guys that are available, for instance, in the Drink 5 League, uh, if we just want to go, you know, looking at random people, uh I I really like the Carolina defense still. If you've got them, hold on to them even though they play the Packers this week. Um it's just kind of like a little little bit to hold on through. Um Philadelphia has a good matchup this week against Dallas. Uh then they get to play Tampa Bay, Detroit um in weeks 11 and 12 after they play Miami. Um Cincinnati, we talked about. Any other defenses you like this week, Mike?
2: No, you kind of touched on them. Uh, you know, obviously, if you got Denver, you're playing Denver. Uh,
0: uh, yes. Denver, I heard, was added to the ESPN undroppables list. Yep. As, like, one of the 20 highest scoring, pl- you know, things in fantasy. That's insane. That's pretty. Uh, ab-
2: you know, another one, uh, Dallas. I mean, they're uh, just watching our defense last week. Uh, you know, I like them to get after Philly. Philly's O line is uh, pretty banged up. And. Sam Bradford just isn't a, a very good quarterback in that system
0: yeah we'll see I think that um that uh, Greg Hardy can do some things but I am a little worried that uh, the team that was giving up the most sacks in the league probably Seattle mm. did not uh, take a sack against Dallas all right so let's uh let's have another beer then yeah. Mm.
1: I'd like to take just a moment uh, to remind you guys, if you are listening to the podcast live, thank you very much. And if you're listening to it after the broadcast, we, we do broadcast live on Mixler. That's M-I-X-L-R dot com slash drink five. That's every Tuesday at 8.30 p.m. Central Time right now. We're trying to get as early as we can to, uh, you know, uh, help accommodate our, everybody, help our friends out there more on the East Coast, etc. And uh, if you would take some time, if you like the show, to go over to iTunes and subscribe, or uh, give us a little review or rating of the show, we'd really appreciate that. And of course, you can follow us on Twitter at Drink5, Facebook.com slash Drink5Network, and we are available at Drink5.com, where you can find all of the articles that we put up on a weekly basis about fantasy football, and in the off-season, our broadcast retro spectacle and TV soup.
0: All right, well, uh, last week we uh, made it pick teams again. Uh little mini draft right here live on the show. Um, Dave, you scored 61.32 points. I scored 72.4. So I won this week. We're one in one if we're, uh, keeping track of the season. And, uh, you are the one who picked up all the delicious beers tonight. And our final beer for the evening is the Avery hog heaven, the dry hopped barley wine style ale. And I'm a fan of the barley wine. So I appreciate this one, Dave. Um, Uh, get to it in a second but you're welcome uh just going over the highlights of our teams last week your high scorer was cam newton with uh 19 points uh you struggled with james jones and with ladarius green you got to sub in dante Moncrief over uh john brown who got you a whopping 1.8 points
1: heck yeah Moncrief! uh so i'd like to point out that last week i beat you by like 30 points the week before you (laughs) crushed me you certainly did you had a lot
0: of impressive uh you know, a lot enough. of really good players there. Uh,
1: I, I would be surprised if it
0: didn't go back and forth. You know, uh, my team. I had Sherkhandrick West, who had 97 yards and a touchdown and 25 receiving yards, and Russell Wilson, who had 14.6 points. So obviously, we didn't. Uh, neither of us did very well. I did have Blair Walsh with 13. Um, I uh, believe I lost somebody early in the week. Um, Sherkandrick West was my fill-in for Carlos Hyde, who I originally had. Who obviously did not play, uh, so not uh, too crazy over the uh, you know over these weeks. Um, but we will pick again, uh, starting right now, I suppose. So guys, we need to decide who's gonna uh, pick first. Okay, uh, guest picks, picks first. Guest picks, picks first. Guest, which <laughs> position do you want to pick? 1st We're gonna send some tongue twisters. Guess so there's a quarterback first. So there are three wide receivers. There are two running backs, well, a kicker, a tight end. Did we tell everybody what we're doing? Defense. So what we're going to do is we're going to... Um, it's like a mini fantasy football game. Mini draft right now. Yeah. So based on our rankings, uh, we're going to be picking uh, certain numbers of guys. So from uh, for instance, we'll start with quarterback. How about that? Um, no, I want to start with running back. You want to start yeah, with I'll running back? Okay. There. very nice. We're <laughs> going to start with the... Do you want to do running back one or two? One. Running back one. We'll choose between... <laughs> Uh the guys <laughs> ranked 16, 17 and 18. Okay. All right. So, you, so you that get,
1: would be Does he get the first uh, pick then, He so? gets the, get first the first option. option and then it goes
0: clockwise? It goes clockwise. That's just the way things go, Dave. They go clockwise. I'm sorry that you are last in the clockwise Does formation. It snake back? But you're the one who said that the guest goes first. My watch
1: is from Australia, dude. Does it snake <laughs> snake back in round two, or how's that
0: gonna yeah, work? Yeah, is it snaking around? Yeah. Like, I don't... And then I'll go first and then you'll go first. Oh, okay. So I'm, we'll all get a chance rotation. to go first.
1: I think this I think these rules work correctly. Okay, I like it. That's okay. fair. So
0: who do you get the, so you're running back two? So running 16, 17, 18, in no particular order is Frank Gore, Jonathan Stewart, and TJ Yell. Very now, he nice. sent them out of order to try and mix it up a little bit. Now, you can't spend five minutes on a pick here because we don't have that kind of time. So you have to pick one of those. <laughs> yeah, one of those three. I wish. Um, I am going to go TJ Yeldon. Oh, very nice. Very nice. I like Yeldon. Um, okay, I am going to pick uh, Jonathan Stewart. Which leaves me with? With Frank Gore. I'll
1: take Frank Gore, guys. I appreciate that. Thank you. Going up against Denver. He'll obviously crush Denver. No, I'm just kidding.
0: <laughs> um, okay, I would like to pick from uh, the wide rec- uh, from the quarterbacks now. We're going to do quarterbacks uh, 17, 18, and 19. And we're going off of our standard rankings, which have been posted on Fantasy Pros. Um, so 17, 18, 19, in order, because I have them in front of me and I don't want to hide these things from you guys, is Ryan Tannehill, Peyton Manning, and Blake Bortles. Oh, I love it. Um, so... Did I get that right? Yeah, 17, 18, 19. Okay, um, <laughs> Tannehill... Is at Buffalo. Manning is in Indy. Blake Bortles plays at the Jets. I really want to go with Bortles, but he plays the Jets. Ooh. I really want to take Manning, but it's it's been such a bad year for him. <laughs> I really want to take Tannehill, but he plays Buffalo. Oh man, this is crazy. I don't want to go first anymore. You know that's
1: why that's why these are kind of fun exercises because if we're picking guys that are in the lower rankings outside of
0: what you would normally have, they're all going to be tough. I know it's it's designed to be that close. I'm going to go. With Blake Bortles. Peyton Manning. <laughs> <laughs> and Mike, Mike gets Ryan Tannehill. I get Ryan Tannehill. All right. Against the Bills. <laughs> it's good. Sorry, I'm just writing down the uh, thing. So, Dave, you're going to go first in the next round. Um, Super. What position do you want to pick?
1: Well, I have to pick wide receiver one. That's the only way I get uh, you know, the, the most advantage here.
0: Okay, that's smart. All right, so wide receiver, we're going to do uh, start with spots 18, 19, and 20, uh, which is in order of our rankings, Alan Hearns, Jarvis Landry, and Randall Cobb. So Alan Hearns on Jacksonville plays the Jets, Landry plays Buffalo, and Cobb plays Carolina.
1: Hmm. Uh, wow, So. so Randall Cobb plays Carolina, which means Randall Cobb may or may not get Josh Norman.
0: All your
2: Jacksonville players are ranked 18 to 19. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind
0: of where Jacksonville's ranked. Uh, probably the 18th or 19th best team.
1: So it's Landry versus Buffalo or Cobb versus Carolina for me, and I don't know who, um, who our buddy uh, Norman's going to be taking. So I'm going to go with Jarvis Landry.
0: Jarvis Landry. All
2: right. Got it. And uh, I'm going to go Alan Hearns because uh, I think Alan Robinson is going to be on uh, Revis Island against the Jets. And Fair I enough. think uh, the wide receivers twos perform there. And I did read Norman is going to be shadowing so, so Cobb. So
0: Jason gets Norman and Cobb. Yes. <laughs> oh, great. I had we just, Cobb. We just last... talked about Norman, didn't we? I had we? Cobb the first time we did this. <laughs> and it didn't work out for me then either. Oh, uh, that's fun. Okay, Mike, uh, it's Europe. What would you like to pick from? Uh you let's have, uh, let's go wide receiver two. Okay, wide receiver, wide receiver two. We'll just continue down the line. That'll be positions uh 21, 22, 23 got So it. we've got Tavon Austin, Richard Matthews, and Travis Benjamin. A mm. Couple of interesting picks here. There is. Uh Tavon Austin had a really big week last week. Um More or, I'm sorry, hang on, I read them wrong. Oh come on. Oh come on. This is this is the very this is very important. 21 is TY Hilton, 22 is Tavon Austin, 23 is Bishard Matthews. Oh, so okay. No Travis Benjamin in that. Oh, He'll okay. be on the next set of guys. I Hilton. almost
2: I almost wanted Travis Benjamin. Hilton, there.
0: Austin, and Matthews.
2: Hilton, Austin, and Matthews. Um I am going to have to go uh Matthews.
1: I don't this is interesting. You're going to take Hilton, and I'll have Austin. That's how it's going to work out.
0: Uh, is that really how it's going to work out? You
1: tell me. <laughs> I think it's how it's going to work out. But he's playing against Denver, so...
2: Scary. That's scary stuff over there in Denver. Yeah, I don't
0: think I want T.Y. Hilton against Denver, dude. I watched the whole Indianapolis game this week. I'm getting in your head. I don't want any Colts. <laughs> <laughs> I mean...
2: I'm starting Jameis Winston over Andrew Luck. They're going from start,
0: playing against... I'll take against, Tavon Austin against... Uh,
1: Minnesota they're going from playing a really tough defense to a really tough defense and I heard what you were saying earlier uh, as, as everybody did I'm sure the ESPN added to the undroppable list a defense maybe for the first time it's been it's pretty amazing yeah
0: Uh, I bet Seattle would have been added at some point in the last couple years, but it's probably very rare. So, uh, Dave, once again, you get stuck with T.Y. Hilton. You got stuck with T.Y. Hilton the first time we did this. He only scored you like 35 points. I hope you can deal with that if that happens again.
1: I'm okay with T.Y. Hilton. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe you guys didn't pick T.Y. Hilton. I mean, Denver's really good, right? But Tavon Austin is much more of a coin flip. And Richard Matthews is playing Buffalo. It's going to be tough. Give me the coin flip over I love these. This is this kind of a fun, uh, fun nice. little game here, yeah. I like it. Did we tell them what we're betting on?
2: No, I don't
0: think so
1: Oh, tell, us, tell, tell everybody what we're betting on. Okay, please. so, so uh, we, we all like to, uh, to cook and, and to drink a little bit. We like to eat and food as well. We decided earlier that one of the bets that we were going to talk about, which was the Jay Cutler, Jameis Winston, or Tyrod Taylor bet, would determine who brings beers to a dinner that we're going to have. This bet, which is a, definitely a more grand and exquisite bet, uh, <laughs> is, is going to determine who cooks that meal and who decides what to cook and who pays for that more meal.
0: like who doesn't have to cook the meal or buy the meal and who gets to pick
1: so the loser has to cook the meal and clean up the meal uh and pay for half of the meal and the second place person has to pay for the other half of the meal and the person who wins gets to determine what it is they want to eat not pay for anything uh except the beers if they lose, of course and enjoy there's the other bet yeah And uh, so I'm looking
0: forward to that. We're setting our limit at $30 for the total cost of ingredients. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty reasonable. Okay, so um, it's my turn to go first. I'm going to go with the running back two. Uh, For running back two, we're going to pick 19, 20, and 21. Uh, So in order, that would be Ryan Matthews, Eddie Lacy, and Darren McFadden. Um, So I'm going to go against the order and take Darren McFadden. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> so, Dave, do you want Eddie Lacy or Ryan Matthews? <laughs> I think Ryan Matthews is actually in, really not bad in for like a increased role.
2: Eddie Lacy against the Panthers. Eddie Lacy,
0: please. Yeah. Okay. Hey, look. Uh, Starks
1: did almost nothing last week. Eddie Lacy starts to do better as it gets colder and on in the season. I think he had some kind of a, a lingering ankle or some kind of issue. I, look I realize they're playing Carolina, but we can't we can't be afraid of every single person on their defense.
2: Luke Kuechly.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I mean I think Green Bay Hey
2: Ryan Ryan Matthews against the Cowboys, I'll take it. The problem with I... Ryan
1: Matthews is that uh is he, he gets like nine touches and then he'll run for sixty four yards and a touchdown, and then the coach just decides not to give him the ball for the rest of the game. <laughs> And that yep. it doesn't make any sense. It happens, well, I guess. It's uh, like he when they hired Demarco Murray, they like signed a little or uh, little pinky promise. And they were mm-hmm. like, "I I pinky swear that that I will allow you to run for at least twenty carries per game,
0: no matter how crappy you are. <laughs> you will not get replaced by the guy who's playing better than and
1: you." And now this uh, image of Chip Kelly and Demarco Murray doing like a pinky, a pinky swear. swear. That's, no, they did a
0: blood. Uh, they like uh,
1: Yeah, they they like sliced open their hands with a knife. And like did a little uh, a little touchy there. Blood packed, blood packed, blood packed, blood packed. Four it's starring Jean Claude Van Damme. <laughs> 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 All right, <laughs> I, starring Steven Stigall. Who Stegal? Who's who's Steven Stigall Will kill you with a frying pan. He's dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> yes. He's dangerous. So uh, what, so you you're up, Dave. You tight ends. You,
0: you get to choose from. You want tight ends? No, I'm saying who do I have tight end from? kicker defense and wr three. Oh wow. I'll go tight ends Give me okay. the tight ends what So tight ends We're going to choose Between numbers 10, 11, and 12 Which are Loading, loading, loading uh, <laughs> Delaney Walker Ben Watson And Martellus Bennett I like Did I read that right? Yeah No 10, 11, 12 Martellus Bennett Charles Clay And Jason Witten What is going on With your eyes Over there my friend <laughs> I decided to start With eight For no apparent reason <laughs> Can you repeat those one more time? <laughs> All right, tight ends I gotta make sure. 10, 11, and 12 are Martellus Bennett, Charles Clay, and Jason Witten. Uh, Martellus Bennett. Damn. All right, Martellus Bennett's playing on Monday night against San Diego. San Diego. I am going to go with uh, Jason Witten. And that would mean that I get Charles Clay.
2: You get Charles Clay.
0: Alright, I don't mind having Charles Clay. No,
1: Charles Clay's not bad.
0: I think he'll come back. Especially uh, if Sammy Watkins isn't playing, they need somebody to throw the ball to, right?
1: Tyrod Taylor.
0: No. Well, Tyrod Taylor has to throw the ball to somebody. He, he doesn't throw, actually he need... throw it to
1: Tyrod Taylor. He doesn't, he, <laughs> he <laughs> doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't need anybody. Yeah, he just floats. <laughs> he floats to the end zone,
0: put the points on the board. <laughs> Alright, Mike, which position do you want to take? Uh, we will go wide receiver three. Okay, wide receiver three. We're at the bottom of that barrel. 24, 25, and 26. Now, let me let me reread these in my head before I say them wrong out loud. Because I only want to get them wrong once. Does that make sense to you guys? No, just tell us the numbers, <laughs> man. All right, 24, <laughs> 25, and 26 are Travis Benjamin, Michael Crabtree, and Willie Sneed. All right. Benjamin, Crabtree, and Sneed.
2: Ooh. Let me just see who everyone's playing here.
1: Uh, Crabtree's playing Pittsburgh, Snead is playing Tennessee, Benjamin is playing Cincinnati. So, you choose first, right?
2: Yeah, I choose first. Um, I am gonna go Snead.
0: Ooh. A bold move, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off.
2: We're gonna gonna be bold.
0: (laughs) So, hmm. It's a tough call for me. I really like Travis Benjamin this year, but I'm gonna have to go with Michael Crabtree because, um... Yeah. Are you
1: kidding me? You have to. Period. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, obviously, I take Benjamin. I want to take the words out of your mouth. He's like, uh, <laughs> Pittsburgh secondary hasn't been great. Uh, Crabtree's been targeted a lot. Derek Carr's been very good. <laughs> there you go.
0: All right, so I want to pick... Uh, not, I don't
1: want to play a Johnny Manziel character in this game. <laughs> I hate Johnny Manziel. Johnny Manziel
0: supporting character.
1: I don't want to... I'm not starting Gary Barnes this week just like in in silent protest of Johnny Manziel being a starting quarterback <laughs> in the NFL. Johnny Football. Let's
2: see what he's got. He's
0: terrible. We already saw what he had many times. All right, so I'm going to pick uh, the defense. He doesn't defense, have it. <laughs> defense special teams. Now, Dave, these are... Uh, Updated as of today, right? That's correct. Okay, so we're going to go 8-9-10 on the defense special teams, uh, which are, in order, number 8, New Orleans Saints, Buffalo Bills, and Minnesota Vikings. So the Saints play Tennessee, the Bills play Miami, and the Vikings play St. Louis. Hmm. That's a tough call. Well,
1: you got the Vikings that have been great, uh, you know, big floor, but they're playing the girly monster. Who's probably going <laughs> to score. He's going to score at no least. He's no longer Gurley He's
0: Gurley Monster. He's going to score at least one
1: or two touchdowns, right?
0: Oh, man. For sure. And, uh, then,
1: and then you've got, uh, who's the other options? The Saints. New Orleans
0: Saints. They're playing Tennessee. You'd think that Tennessee might have the most penchant to maybe turn the ball over but, or something.
1: they do get Mariota back, probably. Uh, and, and that's and a, a new good... coach. They had Mettenberger, who did his uh, two-week tryout and didn't work out. Uh, he has
0: zero wins in the NFL, I believe. Yeah, <laughs> Poor all guy. right guy. Um, I'm gonna go with the Buffalo Bills. Okay, Bills versus Miami, uh,
1: and I will take I will take the Saints because I will not.
2: I get Gurley monster. I will not play against Todd
1: Gurley. <laughs> you get the monster. <laughs> I mean, I think it's not a bad matchup if if Gurley does not score a touchdown. Then it's likely that Minnesota keeps them from scoring a passing touch.
2: If I had first picked there, I almost think I would have won Minnesota.
1: They have been like <laughs> they've been like a number seven, number eight uh, defense the entire year.
2: They're consistent, uh,
1: so yeah, I like that. Thank
2: All you right, guys. Dave.
0: So you lead off on the kickers. Uh, oh, thank you. Eight, 9 10 ten. We've you. got Robbie Gold, Ooh. Chris Boswell, and Josh Lambeau. So. Uh, just to refresh people, Robbie Gold, of course, is in Chicago, but Chris Boswell is Pittsburgh's kicker, and Josh Lambeau is San Diego's kicker. Um, so two of those guys play on Monday night, and Chris Boswell plays against Oakland in Pittsburgh.
1: All right, I'm going to pick Lambeau because Lambeau throws the ball. Or doesn't, <laughs> throws the ball? Lambo doesn't <laughs> throw the ball. San Diego. Are you thro- saying that they're going to have a fake field goal? N- no. San Diego throws the ball more than, than anybody right now, or at least for more yards. And Chicago's defense is not very good at all. So talk about moving the ball. The Chargers should move the ball more than anyone this week. I'm going to go Robbie Gold. Even go. though
2: I want to go for the Steelers' homer, Pittsburgh's not an easy place to I'm kick. I'm
0: amazed that I am the one with the third pick and I wind up with the Steelers' kicker. Boswell's been almost perfect this year. I am so happy yes. they
1: finally landed a good kicker. I think that you guys are just
0: scarred him. from all of the kicker <laughs> troubles that they've had to start the season. No, we just
1: wanted to play the guys in the Chicago-San Diego yeah, game. They're playing in San Diego, <laughs> I'll take that. Let's go. But I, I don't think Boswell's a bad choice, I don't. No. I, I just think those guys, it's going to be a high-scoring game. Yeah, hey, you right
2: got though. some good... Good kickers ranked down there, so... Yeah. Kickers are almost hard to say a dime a dozen, but, you know...
1: It all depends... It all depends... It seems
0: like it from time to time, but then... Well, Gaskowski kick McManus... Kickers.
1: Well, I can tell you how I, I do Tucker. my kicker rankings, you know, very generically, mm-hmm. which is uh, what I've, I've seen a lot of people do, and what I do for my sheets... Is I, I look at the uh, sort of the, the Vegas uh, odds of the game because yep. I think the Vegas odds are among the most accurate overall when it's said and done, yes. and then I from there I take how many uh, feel good goals have been attempted uh, by those guys and and find a sort of a percentage uh, made and a percentage taken, and I don't give them as much of a you know a minus if they if they miss. Because I know that as long as they're on a team, they're still going to get those yep. opportunities. So the point is, find a team that scores a lot, find a team that's that's slated to be in a high-scoring game, and find a kicker that uh, is able to uh, to take those opportunities often. That's, that's the entire strategy there. It's, it's, not, it's not too tough. Um, Common sense. But I like all three of those guys. I think they should all score some good points. Where, where were they in our, in our rankings? 8, 9, and 10. There you go. You didn't want to dig too deep there, We were pulling out like a like a Phil Dawson or something. Well, I like these uh, <laughs>
0: yeah. I like these these games we do to actually contain people who are reasonable starters. But like, it's silly to like choose between like the two highest players. But yeah, that's the point. So we're we're never going
1: to be doing one of these things. If we're where, like
0: Gustowski or McManus. Yeah. Oh,
1: gee, I really don't
0: care. <laughs> yeah,
1: they're, they're both going to do well. Is what's going to happen there. So. Uh, So, all right, we have our teams then, right? Yes, we're all set. Uh, Good luck, gentlemen. All right, cheers. Cheers. Drink five, guys.
0: Drink five. Mm.
1: Drink five barley wines is hard.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't chug five or anything like that. Okay. Okay. All right, uh, so that's uh, about it. If you guys have any other questions, hit us up on Twitter at Drink5. Uh, Dave and I can answer it. You can email us, Jason at Drink5 and Dave at Drink5.com, of course. Um, Where else are we located on the Internet, Dave? All over the place, Jay. But the most important thing
1: here, I think, is, again, uh, if, if you're listening to us and you like us on a regular basis, you can follow us here on Mixler. They'll send you an email when our broadcast is about to begin. And if you're listening on Mixler Live, because I see a lot of people are here, um, you can actually go in there and chat with us in the chat room, send your questions or comments live, uh, create a little username for yourself. So give us a a little heart or a follow in Mixler. Go to uh, Stitcher or iTunes to listen to us after the fact. Subscribe to us. Give us a rating. uh, And thanks for listening.
0: All right. uh, We'll be back next week. And, uh, you know, we'll go over week... 9 week 10 well we'll preview week 10 both weeks all of it and we're gonna have a special guest Dave do you remember who's coming on next week hmm it's uh someone who's been on many times before more often than Mike is it the rookie expert it's the rookie expert Sean Foss will be here next week folks
1: I'm sure we'll have a lot of rookie related things to talk about absolutely so right. uh, if you have any lineup questions or whatever, send them out to us. Uh, make sure you send them to daviddrink5.com so you don't get the wrong advice from Jason at drink5.com. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm just kidding.
0: We'll but- have to compare our cumulative records. <laughs> That's impossible. In, in all the leagues that we both compete in. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right, drink five, guys. Cheers.
3: Cheers, it was fun.